Welcome to Mint, the podcast dedicated to making spiritual things practical. My name is Aminta Geisler, and I'm excited to spend the next few minutes with you talking about God's Word and applying it to real-life situations. The goal of this podcast is to inspire you and equip you to run the race of faith well, one practical step at a time. Because just like a weight is useless if a person doesn't pick it up and do the workout, so faith will be useless if a person doesn't do the work of putting their spiritual knowledge into action. Together, let's go beyond learning into implementing, one practical step at a time, and let's grow stronger in our faith. Welcome to episode three of the Breakfast Club series, the uh, podcast series that I am doing that is based on the Breakfast Club talks that I have the honor of giving at our local Breakfast Club. And I just have been so honored to be a part of this movement that God is doing at Spring Lake Park. And so I, I just wanted to share some of the fundamental things that I've been sharing with the kids and hope that it will inspire you and equip you to share your faith and walk forward in your faith journey. And it is it is a series seen through the eyes of if you are talking to somebody who knows little to nothing about God, Jesus, the whole concept of faith. This gives you good starting points for explaining who God is and why we need Him and who Jesus is and what His love is like. And so this is episode three, and today we're going to be talking about love. I'm very excited about it, but before we dig in, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for who you are and all that you are. Thank you for your love that is amazing and pours over us, even when we don't deserve it. God, will you give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and hearts that are courageous enough to follow you and walk forward. In your name, amen. Okay, well, L-O-V-E, love. We are talking about love. It's not even Valentine's Day, but we're going to talk about love. And there are a lot of different kinds of love, right? So, I mean, what do you think of when I say love? Do you think about like the love you have for coffee, or the love you have for Diet Coke, maybe those are just me, um, the love you have for monkey bread. I know the students that come to our breakfast club love the monkey bread. How about your love for the weekends? Doesn't everybody just love a good weekend or your love for being in the warm sun? And then there's like the love you have for your favorite song. And whenever it comes on, it makes you happy. And then there's the love you have for your friends because you love your friends. They're so fun to be around. And then there's the love you have for your pet, who's your faithful companion. And then there's the love you have for your family. Most of the time you love your family. Um, no, I'm kidding. You always love your family. But, and then there's that love you can have for that special someone. Oh, I got to tell you that word special. I hated it for a long time. I don't know why, but when I was in high school, my parents would say to me, Minta, is is he a special friend? And so I grew to hate the word special. I don't know why that bothered me. I, I like the word special now. It was just such a funny teenager thing, but I just... There's a different kind of love you have for somebody special, isn't there? And then someday you have this love that is just beyond compare for your spouse or your kid. And there's just a lot of different types and, and depths of the word love. And I use that word a lot. Um, I love love. But love isn't always easy. I mean, I remember the first time that I thought I was in love. 
and it was in high school, and um, this person who remained nameless, I really had a crush on them and thought that I loved them. And the day that he asked me out, he also got caught in the band room making out with a different girl. Bummer. Um, and my, lo- let me, I'll tell you, if you haven't experienced this, love can be blind. And I like to say dumb because I still went out with him, even though he cheated on me the day we started going out. And so, um, you know, love can make you do crazy things. Love can make you overlook a lot of wrongs. Um, and that's kind of a funny story, but yet it wasn't because love can make you do bad things too. I mean, I, in high school, I would change who I was in order to be loved. I mean, I thought I kind of had to earn it. And so over the years, man, I would cut my hair or I pierced my nose one time, or I dressed a certain way. Um, one time this boy that I thought I loved skipped school. So I skipped school. I was not a skipping school kind of girl, but you just, you do dumb things to, when you think that you have to earn love because we all want to be loved. We're made to love. And so when you don't have love or you don't feel loved, you will do things to earn love because being loved feels so good. Doesn't it? I mean, think about like your, the love you get from a grandparent or your parent. And just, it feels so good to be loved and to have somebody special, but it can also really hurt to be loved um, because sometimes it ends or it stops or somebody rejects us or stops loving us or uses us or even abuses us. And then we're left alone and brokenhearted and we're searching for love. And I'm going to just be real honest by the time I was 20, I thought love was exhausting. And um, I'd had a lot of broken hearts and I'd had a lot of quote unquote love come to an end. And I, I felt like I was kind of unlovable. And so I, I had this, this heart and, and the um, demonstration that I used with the kids, I made this giant cardboard red heart and I took out a power saw and I sawed it in half. And it went flying everywhere. But I had two halves of a heart because my heart was broken. Because by the time I was 20, I was pretty jaded about love. I, I mean, I had parents who loved me. And I had God who loved me. But I felt like I wasn't good enough to love just as I was. I felt like I didn't measure up. I felt like I always had to be earning love, that I couldn't just be Minta and people would love me, that somebody would fall in love with me just as Minta was. And so I dumbed myself down and I did stupid things all to try to earn love. I mean, I had somebody tell me once, um, a boy, couldn't you just um, cut your hair like Jennifer Aniston? It would be so great if you could dress like her and look like her. Now, those of you who know me are probably laughing out loud because I do not look like Jennifer Aniston. But I thought that that's who I had to look like in order to be beautiful enough to be loved. And so I just found love exhausting. And I just thought, man, maybe if I could just be perfect, someone would love me. So I spent a lot of years trying to be perfect, and it was exhausting. And it led to a lot of bad choices and a lot of heartache. So I don't know where you're at when it comes to love. I mean, maybe you have people in your life who love you just the way you are, and you are so secure in that love, and that is awesome. But maybe you're alone. Maybe you just had an important relationship end, or maybe somebody close to you just passed away, or maybe you lost a pet, or maybe the person you love doesn't love you back. And so 
you're in a hard spot when it comes to love. And today when I say the word love, you're kind of like, oh, enough with the love. I don't want to talk about love. Love just, it's just hard. But you guys, when I prayed about what God wanted me to say to this group of students at Breakfast Club, clear as a bell, he said, Mint, I want you to tell them that I love them. I want you to tell them about my love. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you only hear one thing today, if your mind is somewhere else, if you're busy, if you have got other things going on, I want you to hear this. God loves you. He loves you just as you are. He made you and he loves you. And you know what we tell the kids at Breakfast Club too is that we all love you here too. And that's why we get up early and that's why we make food. And that's why I rearrange my house every other week because you're loved and because God loves you, I love you and you matter. But today I want to talk a little bit about God's love and what makes it so different because there's a lot of types of love, right? But what is so different? What's so special about God's love? I want to read a story that I think illustrates this really good. It's in Luke 15, verse number 11. And um, this story is close to my heart. This is my story. It's the story of the wayward son. And those of you that have listened to my story know that I was the wayward daughter. And if you haven't heard my story, I just encourage you to go to the very beginning of the podcast. Episode one is called My Story. And I share uh, my journey away from Jesus and back to him. And so um, if you want to push pause and go listen to that, if you haven't already, um, but otherwise you can kind of guess how that story goes. But I'm going to read the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. If you want to turn with me, we're going to start in verse 11. To illustrate the point, Jesus told them a story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of the estate now before you die. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. Now you got to know, things were a little different back then than they are now. And inheritance was a big deal. And parents used to work and save and build. And so that they could, when they died, hand down this inheritance to their children. It was like their crowning glory. They wanted to set their kids up so that when they died, they would inherit everything that they needed. So here's this son who's not even the oldest son, who traditionally gets you know, the good part of the inheritance. It's passed down to the, the first son. The younger son says to the dad, who's clearly still very much alive, I want my money right now. I mean, how demanding and selfish is this? He doesn't care about the dad building his estate or what's going on in the family. He just wants his money and he wants it now. He doesn't even want to wait for his dad to pass away. And the dad agrees. And a few days later, the son packs up all his belongings and he moves to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. So he basically partied it away. That's, that's what he did. He took all of his dad's money while his dad was still living. And then he went and partied it away. And about this time, his money ran out and a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. Bummer. I mean, think about that. You take off, you have a ton of money. And you party it all away, and then all of a sudden, your money runs out. And then the economy turns south, so you've got nothing. You've got nowhere to stay. You have no food. Man, you are hard out. Just a few months ago, you were rich. You were living the high life. You were partying, and now your money's gone, and the economy's bad. He persuaded a local farmer, it says, to hire him. And the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. 
That does not sound like a super fun job. The young man became so hungry, even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Man, isn't that just like what we would probably call rock bottom? You're super hard up if the slop that pigs are eating looks good to you. But man, what do you do? What are his options? He's partied his money away. He's got nothing. The word continues, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, at my home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. Here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Now, let's pause. Doesn't that take a lot of guts? I mean, you basically just said, screw you to your dad, took his money, took off, partied it away. And now you're going to come back and ask for something again. You're going to say, please let me work here. That takes a lot of guts. And I don't know about you, but I would not be excited for that conversation. I mean, you got to know that you're like dreading it and walking extra slow and dragging your feet because can you just picture the moment you see your dad that you just basically took all his money and then wasted it and now you're coming home to ask for something? Can you just like picture what you're expecting the dad's response to be? I mean, in any way, shape or form, do you expect the dad to be anything but mad? or disappointed. So let's see how the story finishes out here. He returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Here's the part that gets me every time. Filled with love and compassion. Not anger. Not reproach. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son embraced him and kissed him. His son said, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. Kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. Isn't that amazing. The dad had every right to turn the son away, to give him a lecture, to put him out to be with a hired servant, to tell him, no, I want nothing to do with you. You've had your share. Instead, he met him with open arms and he ran to him and he welcomed him home and threw him a party and he restored him to the family. And that's God's love. That's who God is. His love is so amazing. It reaches beyond our actions, our sin, our defiance, our selfishness, our bad attitudes. His love goes around all of that and is there waiting with open arms. And I just think that's what's so cool about God's love is you will never find that kind of love apart from God. So I just want to point out three things from this text of what I see about God's love. The first thing and the most important thing is this, God's love is perfect. It never fails ever. And there's a verse in Romans 8:38 that says nothing in all of heaven or earth can ever separate us from God's love. Friends, I am here to say and I am living proof that there is nothing you can do that will cause God to stop loving you. There's nothing you can do. His love is perfect. It will never fail you. It will never run out. It will never not be there. It will never leave you lonely. God's love never fails. And there is an assurance and a confidence and a 
stability that comes from living in perfect love. Because when you are loved perfectly, without fail, by a father who sees you, man, you make decisions, you process your thoughts, you take action coming from a place of being loved, and you don't do what I did when I was in high school and change who you are and make dumb decisions just to earn love because you already are loved. It's such an amazing gift to be loved perfectly. The second point is that God, His love is perfect, but He loves imperfect people. He loves us. We can come as we are to God. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to clean ourselves up. We don't have to be good enough for God to love us. You don't have to lose a certain way. You don't have to lose 10 pounds. You don't have to be beautiful. You don't have to wear makeup. You don't have to have a perfect job and provide for your family and live in a mansion for God to love you. And you know, when I did this point and I was talking to the kids, I took out a makeup wipe and I took every inch of makeup off my face to show them the real Minta, the Minta that God loves. Not the Minta that I like to present to everyone else that um, appears put together and like she's not aging rapidly. But I let them see the real me with no makeup, with the, the Minta with sparse eyebrows and wrinkles and uneven skin. And because that's the Minta that God loves. Man, he doesn't look at me and cringe when I'm the real me. And it's the same for everybody else. He loves us just how he made us. We don't have to clean up or get pretty or get perfect. We can come to God because He loves imperfect people. And that is awesome. It saves us from a lot of heartache. And the third point is that God's love is actually a power. It is a force. It is a foundation. It's a constant. It's an anchor. It will fill us up and it will overflow. The Bible says over and over that His love is so powerful that it changes everything. And so when we have God's love, when we live in that love, we have His power working in our life. And that power enables us to live a life of love for others. It pours in to us so that we can pour it out on others. That's what's so cool, is that His love fills us up so much that it overflows and it spills out, and then His love comes flowing out to the people around us. There's a verse in the New Testament that says, No eye has ever seen God and no human ever will. But when we love others, His love is brought to full expression in us. That's how people see His love. And so I just, it's so cool how His love is a power that enables us to love. And so His love is perfect. He loves imperfect people. And His love is powerful. And that's my third talk in the Breakfast Club series about God's love and what is the big deal about God's love is those three things. Friends, I hope and pray that you were inspired, you were able to glean some things that you can take from this session, and I will empower you to walk forward in your faith and be a little more bold and unashamed to share. Mint Podcasts are a production of Reckless Abandoned Ministries, an organization that is insanely focused on loving God and loving others. Ram is passionate about helping to eliminate hunger and homelessness among youth, and we invite you to join us in giving the pursuit of crazy love away to those who need it most. Information, opportunities, as well as other Reckless Abandoned event information can be found at amintageisler.com.